It was more of a reach around. Oh, that's okay. That's fair. As long as there's no eye contact. doing welcome 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 to episode 17 of the zombie podcast i am paul as always uh i want to th- put another thanks out to alex hay of the barstool preachers for the new theme music i will leave a link to his website in the description if you need some music scoring for your film podcast gender reveal party that might be a bit too soon um Anyway, you can find my me at Zomateeth Clothing on Instagram, Zomateeth Clothing on Facebook, and all my stuff is at zomateethclothing.com. Now, today, not that he needs any introduction, I'm going to be talking to Smelly slash Eric of NoFX, which is kind of crazy, being as I am, they've been my favourite band since I was 14. And I'm getting on a bit, so that's a long time. Uh, if I could tell 16-year-old me that I would spend an hour talking to him, I would tell myself that you are full of shit. But I did. We will get to that momentarily. But first, let's check in as always. Um, I hope everyone's doing okay. This week has been World Suicide Prevention Day. I hope that you shared something to raise awareness um, if you didn't feel comfortable doing that, you read something that someone else had shared and maybe reached out to somebody, um, you know, it takes a few seconds to just send somebody a message saying, hey, hope you're okay. You know, I've had one today off somebody telling me that I was, I've been quiet and I have been quiet, but editing this cheered me up a little bit. Okay, enough of me talking. Let's listen to the conversation I had with Smelly, where unfortunately I also talk. place called Derby. I've been there. So near um near Nottingham. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So um you know, don't worry about being a little bit late. I was uh swiping through Tinder while I waited, so <laughs> did, you get, did you get anything? No. did you really do the Tinder thing? Well I've been single for two years, so sometimes it's just something to pass the time. Just have a little look, yeah, see what see what's there and then if some if there's somebody on there that takes my fancy and we happen to match then great most of the time i complete it it's the computer game i complete the most on my phone just go <laughs> through everyone and it's like so have, you, have you actually gotten dates and maybe some adult activities through it i've got two dates from tinder some of the other dating apps i've had a little bit more more um success through but i tend to meet more people through like instagram and things because right. I, I think there's that little bit less pressure yeah yeah that that makes sense because tinder is very um 
not organic. No. It's, hi, I'm here. I want to meet somebody because, I, you know. You're putting yourself on display. So, um, but uh, thank you for joining me. I'm a little bit nervous, I have to say, because I've been a NoFX fan since I was 14 and I'm 39 now. So. Oh, wow, that's a long time. Yeah. You've been, you've been a fan of our band longer than, than, um, than I've been a fan of the band. I mean, there's only, <laughs> I, I like a lot of our stuff, but a lot of it, I'm just like, ah, it's okay. It's no big deal. So I'd actually got a little pile of stuff to kind of like get out and be like, look, look, I was a fan. I was a fan. I, well, I, see, the shirt, I see the shirt behind you. I got that when I was 17. Is that the punky And I, Yeah. And I wore it. I've worn it so much that you can like, it's almost like see-through. It's like parchment. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because I used to wear it constantly. Um, so what, what's this um, podcast thing you got? So this is, um, well, when lockdown started in the UK, um, I'm a single parent with two kids that live here. And I thought, I'm going to need some kind of adult conversation. And I've been wanting to start a podcast for a number of years. And I thought, well, I know people in bands, so why not see if I can talk to a few of them? And Right, right. So how many, how many have you done? This weekend, I'll be releasing the 16th episode. Oh, shit. So you've done a few. I spoke to Baz. He was last oh, week's yeah. episode. Baz, Baz is fucking great. I was with him yesterday. <laughs> I was a little bit worried that there'd be a language barrier. No, he speaks pretty good English. I mean, I mean, there's definitely the accent, but he speaks pretty good language. I mean, English. And he has a, he has a pretty good sense of humor, too. Mm, yeah. It starts off a little bit. I, I don't know if it's because I was nervous about him not understanding what I was saying. And then towards the end, it kind of warmed up a little bit. Yeah, you might... You might be like one of one of his first podcasts ever. I mean, I don't know if he's, how many he's actually really done. But I like that. You see, I like the idea of talking to somebody that just did something for the for the joy of it, and then it ended up being that he works with the person that that did the thing that he kind of did did that version of. Right. If that makes sense. Are, are we actually are we actually podcasting right now? We are. Just... We are kind of, but I'm just going to edit it in and out. So okay, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It was is like when Baz presented it to us. I mean, he was just this little kid, and Mike told me about it. And he was like, "Oh, it's pretty fucking cool." Blah 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 blah. And that was like the end of it. And then that was I don't know years ago. Yeah, it was. It's um... and a half ago. It's like we actually had a discussion. We should fucking try it, and it happened, man. It's great. Um, before we go any further, I'm going to introduce you, and then I'll stick it in. Because I've not done that yet. So how how do you prefer to be known? Because it's like... Oh, it, it honestly doesn't matter to me whatsoever. It just feels so weird calling you. To, to, yeah, anyway. So joining me on today's episode, I've got Smelly from NoFX. That's me. <laughs> it's my it's, pleasure, Paul Smith. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got my full name. Yeah, because... Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when, because I first got into NoFX when, like I said, when I was like 14, this was like pre-internet, so, or the internet was kind of a new thing. So I just happened to see somebody with a NoFX shirt on and I was like, are they any good? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's debatable. That's fucking really debatable. <laughs> so my sister, who was a little bit older than me and had money, she went out and bought I heard they suck live. So it must've been 19, yeah, 95. Listened to it and I was like, oh, this is really good. Love it. And then, I, and then I got some money for my birthday. I was like, I'm going to go and buy another album. Went to the store looking through. I was like, right, I'm going to start. If I'm going to get into this band, I'm going to start early on. Oh, no. <laughs> so I bought Liberal Animation. Oh, no. On the bus. 
all happy and then I put it on and I'm like the fuck is it yeah. <laughs> so but I was like it's got beer bong on it and, and, and that's on the live album so I've heard that and I like that song right yeah so I bought that um, I have to say it is my least listened to NoFX <laughs> album uh, you know you're probably not the only person that does it. <laughs> it's actually in a frame in my hallway so that album we didn't quite know what the fuck we were we were heavily influenced by this band called RKL and they were fucking incredible musicians. And I was trying to drum like their drummer and it took me a couple of years to figure out that there's no way in hell I could ever drum like them. I mean, it was just that, that was just a hodgepodge of like us being, I don't know. It was a fucking mess. That record is a goddamn mess. <laughs> See, I was thinking, cause when the acoustic version of just the flu was released during the, mm-hmm. the, the lockdown, I was like, I wonder if you could do, liberal animation with the lyrics of the songs but with all new music not necessarily acoustic but just like revisit the song lyrically it's just as bad as musically (laughs) like who wants to hear a song acoustically about playing pool living in a cake yeah actually i think that was the only song that eric melvin has only ever written start to finish that was one of the only ones that i could listen to (laughs) now the honesty (laughs) comes out the honesty comes out yeah it it wasn't like the least listened to record it was you couldn't listen to it yeah i i used to i used to go back to it every so many years and put it on and think maybe my maybe maybe i was wrong you know i was i was only young uh, you know all right so fast forward fast forward to the second no effects record yeah this is shit why would you spend your money on a second one and what was the second one because i think because the live album was was good i was like you know but then I could say the same about, like, to do some research for today, I've, I re-listened to the audio book because I've, I've listened to it twice before. And I could ask the same question to, like, most of you, like, why did you keep going back? Because you keep talking about how horrible yeah. you were starting on. Oh, right, right, right. So it's right. like, why did you keep kind of keep doing it? But, yeah, the second album I bought, I think, was Punk and Drubble It. There you go. So, um, and then I took it to college and somebody stole it. It's like a rap. I know, and I've never replaced it. <laughs> there's this thing called YouTube now, where there's music all over it. Oh, and I like to, I like to have the the vinyls though. I'm, I'm just, just cause you know it's just nice. To, yeah, yeah, it's nice to have something in your hand. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like I've got. Oh, you got the Don Ho one. Yeah. OFX. That's one of my prized possessions. Like whenever anyone starts talking about records, I always whip that one out and like. Is it, is it the picture disc? It's the splatter, the green. I think we had a picture disc too. It's this. Oh, that's pretty cool. So yeah, it's pretty battered. Cause how long have you had that one? Oh god, um, probably since it came out. It came out probably what ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety eight. Yeah, and it says on the back, if you pay more than five bucks, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I did. I think I paid less than that. So that's called that's called Fat Records marketing. Mm. They're, they're selling it, but they're telling you not to pay that much money. That's why I, I think that's why I bought so many Fat Records albums when I was a, when I was younger, because for for that reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I reached out to you, I never expected a reply. So thank you for that, first of all. No problem. But it was through your surfboard account, right? So how long? How long have you been doing that? Because when you talk in the book, you talk about how you made your own skateboard years and years oh, ago when I was and it's, kid. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like is that like because when I started designing t-shirts in my 20s when I was 13 I used to design t-shirts just in a little book just for fun and it's yeah. like is that is that like reminiscent of no I actually never even I never even put two and two together before when I was a kid I was I 
made my own skateboard just out of necessity because my parents were poor and very non-supportive and I just wanted a fucking skateboard, you know? Um, I, I've been shaping surfboards now for 12 years and I just did it because I really respect the art of it. I mean, it's a fucking art. You're carving something and it just, it just, I have some friends in shape and I saw them doing it and it just caught my attention. So I just kind of jumped in and started doing it. Mm. You know? So it's just like, you get into a room and you got some tools, you got a piece of foam and just start going for it. And it's just really like relaxing and meditative and, you know, it's just good to tune up the world. So it doesn't have any correlation to this. No. Okay. <laughs> it's something that you learn from someone else. It's not something that you just kind of like started doing. You know, it, it's something I started doing. And then I would, I had some friends that shaped, I had no one teach me per se, but I've had people show me little things here and there. And in the last year or two, I've had a couple really good shapers kind of take me under their wing and really help me out. But I'm self-taught. So are you like, you go out, say, on one of your boards, and then they go, no, do it like this. Then you go out again. You're like, holy shit. Like, you can feel the difference. Yeah, kind of what I'll do. Or, or I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a concept for a board, and I'll come up with the dimensions or whatever it be. And with these guys that help me, I'll go, hey, man, you know, they've been shaping for 40, 40 plus years. I've been shaping for 12 and they shape. Hey man, what do you think about these numbers? You know, the, the rock, the rocker is the curve of the board. Mm. You know, what do you think, you know, and every kind of wave and every kind of board needs a different type of a rocker, you know? So, so you want it to fit into the wave and not be too bowy because then it pushes the water. If it's too flat, it sticks in. So like I'm making boards for specific people in specific waves. So I'll call them up with the numbers that I'm thinking and all that kind of stuff and just bounce ideas off of that. Nice. It's, it's something that I could never, you know, if I even tried, there'd be big chunks missing and, you know, there'd be like a, it looked like a shark bite, you know. Uh, there's been plenty of those. There's been plenty of boards when I got done with it. As a matter of fact, I'm doing one right now. And, and I just looked at it a few minutes ago and I'm like, what the fuck is this hunk of shit? Like I'm thinking about eating, eating the cost and starting over because I just don't want to present to a customer something that is just, it's not yeah. looking right. No, I get that when somebody asks me to do some artwork and I, and I, it's outside of my, it's outside of my usual style. And I'm just like, this is, this is awful. Like, you know. right, and, and better to be honest and then not, and, and then, then take the money and give them something that they didn't want. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that recently, but then the person, the person that asked me to do it liked it so much and know, know how, how much I tried to dissuade them and say, look, I can do better. They were like, no, no, this is great. I was like, are you sure? Yes. And they paid me. And I was like, okay. Trying to talk yourself out of the money. Right? Yeah. You're well, I would have, yeah, talk. it's not, it's not so much. I would have taught myself out of the money. I would have done it. I would have done it again and done a better, uh, for me, I would have done a better job, I think, but they liked it. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, if I make, if I make a surfboard and I don't like the way it comes out and if I decide to like scrap it and do another one for the customer, I'm losing hundreds of dollars per surfboard. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like, I really got to make a decision of like, okay, is this something that they, that, you know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah, it's yeah. not a, it's not, it's not just time, paper and ink or no, computer no. or whatever. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, the whole th um I was thinking, cause you released, um, you released the, the t-shirt last week, was it with the lizard man on it? The creature from the black lagoon. That's the one. I was trying to think. Yeah, of the name. creature. I like. I like the lizard man. <laughs> well, I, it was just because of the video that you put on with your unusually long tongue when you're drinking the coffee. <laughs> it, just so long. it just seemed really long. I don't know. 
I haven't got that much experience with uh, men's tongues. <laughs> no, it's, it's I, I have a I have a Gene Simmons tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, when you released that, I was I was thinking you could do um, at some point you could do like a Freddy Krueger one because Robert England was a surfer, wasn't he? Did you know that? That I don't know. No, yeah, Robert England. Know. There's a there's a surf there's a surf film a movie from the late seventies with Robert England in, and he was an actual surfer in real life and when he went to audition for freddy krueger he'd got blonde hair and he was obviously all tanned from being out in the surf so he um reportedly he went to his his van and rubbed his hands on the wheels and put them around his eyes to make his eyes all dark and black and then got some grease from the car and put it through his hair to make his hair all dark and then went into the audition for freddy krueger he would look a little more menacing and not so yeah, I think so it was the dark in the eyes, so and I think because he was so skinny as well, he looked so um, he looked uh, emaciated. Um, emaciated. Emaciated. Let me. I gotta go get a charger. My computer's. Hold on. Let me get it. Me get a. Uh, I have to get a charger. My computer's running out of juice. Yeah. Okay. Two hours later. Okay, I'm coming back. I'm plugging in right now. <laughs> oh shit. Huh. What are you laughing about. I'm just having a look, see if I can find the name of this uh, this film that he was in as a surfer. Surf Nazis Must Die. <laughs> Is that it? No, no, it was like um, it was like a like an Easy Rider type film, but for surfers. I felt I, I don't know. I thought that was fairly common knowledge, but I guess not. I'm a bit no. of a, I'm a bit of a movie uh, person, so. Well, then then you should have known the creature was the creature from the Black Lagoon and not the Lizard Man. <laughs> That's true. You got me on that one, but That's I knew right. it. I knew it, but then yeah, hindsight. You could say you knew it, but I'll never believe you. It's always easy to say you you know it when you know the answer. Um, so yeah, but you know, you, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there anything that you would prefer me not to talk about? No, no. Um, I was going to ask you whether you believe. Do you believe in fate? I don't know if fate's what I believe in, but I believe in. What you put into something is what you get out of something. And I believe that there's also karma. I mean, not necessarily karma in the way of like, if you're a good person and you do good and you try and try and be, have the most integrity that you can and, and look out for your, your fellow people, that comes back to you. But if, mm. you're, if you put out negative energy and you bitch and you whine and you mope and, and you're more self-obsessed, self, uh, like why is this not happening or this or that, whatever it may be, the harder life is on you. And mm-hmm. I've seen that with many people in my life. The ones that are just nice and easygoing and are just cool, things seem to work out. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can agree with that to a to a degree. Like with, with myself, um, I was always when I was designing t-shirts, because I've been doing this since two thousand and six. Um, and I was always trying to appeal to as many people as I could. It was trying to push my thing like if i design this then everyone's going to like it right but then i started just designing things that i wanted to design that i would wear myself and that's when it seemed to kind of i started getting a little bit more traction and people started kind of responding a little bit more to it and you were true to yourself and it was authentic mm, i've never been i've never expected anything from anyone that is a crucial mindset in anything because if you expect, 
you're going to be let down. You're going to have failure. Yeah. You know, and I see that in a lot of bands. I see they, they expect to be on this tour. They expect to get big. They expect to make a lot of money. They expect to have fans. Dude, that's all luck. If you don't, if you're expecting those things and they don't happen, you are going to be a fucking miserable fuck. Mm. don't expect anything and whatever comes your way is going to be cool yeah and i guess you tend to find the people that expect that are the ones that are a little bit more shittier towards the fans <laughs> you know they're a little bit more kind of you yeah. should like you should like me you know as opposed to the mutual respect no that i know 100 percent that i'm no better than you i'm no better than the guy there's a guy working up the street on the telephone pole it's just music is just something I do. I wake up, I shit, I fucking have boogers. I, you know, I, you know, all whatever it is, it's just something I do. It's some, you do your stuff, he does his stuff. And it's just something that worked out for me on some level. And it was, it's luck. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason I asked about the fate was because when you, when you read the book, there's the things like, you know, you quit no effects to go on vacation and then you just happened to run into Melvin's mom. Melvin's mom. That was weird. Like, and not run into her in Hollywood, where we were all kind of from. I ran into her 100 miles away in Santa Barbara. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I was living in Santa Barbara. I, like, from when I quit, I moved to Santa Barbara, which is 100 miles away. And I was walking down state, the main street. It's called State Street. And I ran into her and, and his girlfriend. And it was just like, like what are the chances of that? If I would have like spent four seconds longer wherever I was before, turn or turned left instead of right when I was going to the whatever it was, we would have missed each other. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy it's a crazy thing, and obviously you know it was one of the best things for, for yeah. selfishly for me. It was one of the best things because you know no. I might not have I might not have ended up with no effects in my life for so long. I know I know you. It may sound crazy because you say you know the early stuff, but I. Uh, I ate the early stuff up, you know, after liberal animation, of course, but you know. <laughs> of course, well, you know, I mean, I never thought about it. Maybe, maybe it is fate, you know, because we were such good friends beforehand. I quit just being a little fucking dick, like, <laughs> you know, no, don't, you know what I mean? Instead of like, and then I quit. I, it was like a, a fuck you quit. Well then fuck you. I quit. You know what I mean? It was stupid. It was me being fucking immature. Yeah. And then, before. yeah. And then a year later or what, six months later, whatever it was, run into him and you know what and i was already kind of in a bad way with the drugs and stuff like it was kind of starting about then and um actually it was starting beforehand but imagine if i didn't have the band to help me get back on track yeah you know uh, yeah i can't imagine you know i mean you say it yourself you probably wouldn't be here no and, and i don't mean that in some sort of um tough guy kind of like i'm such i was such a badass i wouldn't you know no yeah, literally no, no. Um, junkies don't live very long, you know, and if you do live, you know, you don't see old junkies walking around and I couldn't, I, I had no family, you know, it was just, it was just, it was a, it was a bad path. And most of my friends, most of my friends from that era are dead. And if not, they've been spent most of their life in and out of prison because of the roads that that choice takes you down. Yeah. And your, your story in the book is the, one of the most compelling from them all because of the complete stark difference from you know a few chapters in to the end of the book like how different you were from from back then 
you know and how how does it feel when you play like Moron Brothers because obviously it's it's about you and DJ like does that does it not does it like not like sting no, a little bit sometimes no I mean? it's funny because because those are some really good times the Moron Brothers I mean yeah me and DJ did a lot of drugs together and stuff like that but the times hanging out with DJ were fucking fun like him and I would just <laughs> cause so much mischief and it's sort of a badge of, of honor having that song written about us yeah um things got really dark kind of like post moron brothers things like got really dark i mean there was dark times during then for sure but when i was like ostracized from the family and i had no place to live and you know drug addiction starts off fun you know you're fun you're partying and and then as it gets deeper it gets darker and more lonely and then so it got really like dj was out of the picture and i just fucking really went down there yeah i mean and then um you know six years on dope was yeah yeah that's about me. That one, um, it doesn't sting, but there's some truth. I mean, I think it says, like, you know, it basically says in the song, you know, I was, like, killing myself. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know verbatim, but, you know, I had nothing going on. I was a fucking dummy and, you know, yeah, doing a lot of bad shit. But do you, get, do you get that kind of sense of, you know, I don't know if it's pride, but just that hearing those lyrics and knowing that that's not who you are now, you're like, I don't know. It's more like, God, I can't believe that's who I was. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is like everybody has a, uh, an idea of what they think, that, what they are. But mm-hmm. when they hear somebody else's perspective of you, you know, Mike's perspective, yeah. you know, uh, the, that's when it, when, when I start like reading into the lyrics, it's like, whoa, these people really thought that hurts a little bit. Mm. But I mean, I wouldn't change anything, you know. No. And then you, you, you know, obviously you've been quite vocal and about it. And is that the hope that somebody will either go get help or not start in the first place? Well, I've never been. I mean, I've been vocal about my past. Yeah. But I haven't been like vocal in the way of of my um my path since I've gotten sober. You know, it's like. I'm, you know, I'm not pushing any kind of agenda. I don't have a plan. I'm just living my life and trying to live by a good example. And if I, if, if someone talks to me or hits me up or wants to, um, you know, or if they're expressing issues with drugs, I will take all the time in the world to help them out and talk to them because that's the way you get through this thing. You talk to somebody who's been there before you, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's not some doctor telling you this. Or it's not, you know, some therapist telling you that because that's not real life experience. You need somebody that you can relate with that has actually done it. And, and a lot of times I just go like, dude, if you really want to get sober, do everything that I fucking say, don't question it. And you know, it's going to be hard, but that's how I did it. And that's how the people that, that taught me did it, you know? Yeah. See, I'm quite, I'm very vocal about uh, mental health awareness because I, I suffered a few years back with, very kind of very and very deep depression so i'm obviously not in the same sense but if i see that somebody might be struggling i will always reach out to them yes and it speak is the same to them. it is the same sense because you depression and drug addiction go hand in hand i suffer from it too you know i mean my whole fucking life mm. um no it's people need to know that they're not alone because depression and drug addiction feels it is it's it's your own battle within your ears, but you're not alone because the person next to you might be going through it. Yep. Or have been through. 
Yeah, and that's what I've found from talking about it, that there's a lot more people that suffer than you realize. People that you never expected to suffer. Well, dude, you live in Derby. You have a lot to be impressed about. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot going on in Derby, I have to say. <laughs> Derby. Yeah, you know, it's pretty bad. And then I'm working from home at the minute, so it's even less is happening. You know? but no, but uh, that, that, I mean, obviously, like, with mental health, there's medications that just take the edge off a little bit, but you still have to sort through your shit. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not going to fucking lie. I'm, I'm on antidepressants, you know, and I still have my mood swings, my ups and downs. I still go through depression where I don't want to get out of the house for a week, you know, but I know that it's weird. Like, you know that you have to get up and get going because it'll make you feel better. But the last yeah. thing you want to do is get up and get going. So you get in this fucking cycle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've found that my kids, I mean, I say kids that i've got an 18 year old and a 16 year old so they're not kids but they're in the house no they're they're, they're at the age when they think they're smart enough to know everything but what it actually makes them dumb because they don't know anything <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so definitely so i've been i've been tempted to get the slipper out a few times <laughs> a no, slipper it. that's it what a fucking wussy of a dad <laughs> no i um yeah, my, you know, because it's legal, the legal age to drink in, in the UK is 18. And my son just turned 18. So now I'm always, he's always like, can I have a beer? And it's like, well, and the only reason he's asking is because I bought them. But it's just like, oh, how many do you want? He's like, well, how many will you let me have? It's like, oh, God. It's a, that's a weird thing, right? Because <laughs> you, know, you know that that it's a slippery slope and it could lead to something very harmful. Yeah, yeah, he's... Enable it. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's, you know, he goes out and I text him. And when you're coming home, he's like, oh, I'm just sat in the pub with my friends. And I'm like, what? And I've got to kind of get my head around the fact that he's old enough to do that now. You know, weird sitting at the pub at 18. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he went out, you see, to buy himself a skateboard. See, there you go. A kid and an adult mixed up together. How many yeah. people got to buy a skateboard but end up at a bar? <laughs> He did buy a skateboard as well, though. Um, he's never been much of a skater, so I don't understand why all of a sudden he's deciding that <laughs> that he wants to skate. I don't know. You know, maybe he's maybe he's seen seen a, a girl that he likes, and he thinks that skateboarding is going to impress her, or a boy that he likes, or a boy, or a little bit of both. Yeah. See, I've always, when my kids were like four and older, they'd always be like, "Ugh, girls, ugh," and I'd be like, "You know, one day you're going to want." A girlfriend or a boyfriend and they're like what what what, what? and yeah. i've always kind of said you know and whichever it is that's fine yeah by doing that yeah you're laying the groundwork that dad's cool with it yeah you know doesn't make any difference to me um, doesn't make any difference no you know as long as long as, as long as they move out i don't mind <laughs> and they you don't know. have the money that's and they right and they don't call call up for sexual advice <laughs> yes definitely that um you know hey, dad I really want to learn how to deep throat. <laughs> how do you do that? I'm like, call your mom. Whoa! I'll call your mom. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll call your wife. Yeah, my, my ex-wife. Uh, and your mom, maybe. <laughs> or that might be hard. Is she dead? No, no, no. She's, she's still alive. Oh, then I will call her. <laughs> so, yeah, we've kind of gone off the rails a little bit here. That's all right. <laughs> when I was younger, I was in a band. Um, and you being a drummer, because you talk in the book about 
looking for acceptance. Um, and that was something that I've always looked for. And especially when I became a single parent, I was 24 when I became a single parent. Yes. None of my friends had kids and there was me trying to still fit in with the kidless friends and try and feel accepted. Yeah, you're kind of floating at 24 with kids. You're floating in, in no man's land because yeah. your 24 year old friends are still out partying and doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. And you're, you're a single dad wanting to be with them, but knowing what you have to be. Yes. That is exactly how it was. There was, there's no question that is exactly how it was. And, you know, they, they tried to begin with, and then they slowly, it just the distance, they just they got slowly further and further away. And then I stopped kind of seeing a lot of them. They just went off and did their own thing. But when you were talking about, ex, like when you talk about acceptance in the book, it's like when I was younger and in a band, guitarists were 10 a penny. Everyone wanted to be the guitarist. Um, I started playing the bass and drummers were always the hardest ones to come about we knew one drummer but he was into indie music so like oasis and things like that so we'd all be playing trying to play covers of like no effects songs and he would want to play manic street preachers and <laughs> and we'd be like well we're going to do this cover of freedom like a shopping cart and then he'd be like can we play this by Manic Street Preachers, like this really slow song, and we're all like, oh, God. But do you know what that does, though? That builds up some playing. That builds up, that means it, if you learn how to do that, you can play other kinds of music. I could never play anything that slow because I've never played that slow. I'm always playing fast and mm -hmm. pushing. You know, so that's good for musical abilities. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we all wanted to play different things. So our rehearsals were just everyone doing their own thing. And then we ended up just like falling out and you know it was never really a band it was just people standing standing in a room with instruments drums drummers are hard to come by because they're fucking make so much goddamn racket parents don't want them around they're, yep. they're hard to learn you know um like a bass you can sit in your room and pluck away and figure shit out without fucking making any noise mm. <laughs> yeah and they're relatively easy if you want to play you yeah. know basic basic lines yeah. If I started so, over, I'd, I'd play bass for sure. That was that was always my thing because I could I could knock out a tune and it for little effort, you know. Yeah, with little effort, you get a big payday. Exactly, exactly that. But the decline, Red Rocks video that came out a couple of months ago now, mm -hmm. it was like it's it was incredible. Thank you. How does it feel to have that? Because there's not millions of songs that are instantly recognizable from the opening drum beat right so like you're opening the little thing and yeah. everyone knows what it is you know because like on the end at the end of the i heard they sort of still no i heard they've got worse like right and you start playing it and i was listening i was like oh my god it's got the decline and then it fades out I'm like motherfuckers <laughs> that was freestyle. when we recorded that that was freestyle at the end of the show i was like fuck it and then we played it for like I don't know, a minute and then just stopped. Right. Okay. Was <laughs> um, that decline thing was pretty, I mean, like that was pretty special for me, you know, I mean, just seeing it come to fruition and, and, you know, okay, first off, I am not one to brag or to like talk shit up. I'm the one to actually be more self-deprecating about our music or I think that is pretty goddamn close to a perfect song, you know, start to finish. It takes you on this fucking journey and there's so many different parts and all the parts are cohesive 
and they complement each other, yet they're different, you know, and all this shit. So when we, when, when Baz did the orchestra thing, you know, it was a pretty fucking big endeavor. And when we actually fucking did it and we pulled it off and there was, there was some tricky stuff, you know, we had to go back and forth with the orchestra. We didn't practice with the orchestra. It was just get up there and go. And, uh, <laughs> It was fucking such a huge sense of accomplishment. Like I felt teary-eyed mm. afterwards. I can imagine. I mean, there's plenty of people that didn't play it that were teary-eyed. Pretty fucking, pretty gnarly. It's it is. I, I listen to it quite regular. Um, I push it on to anyone that's never heard it. The Red Rocks. I'm like, listen to this. Yeah, but I mean, do you do you do it with the YouTube thing so they get the visual yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. I always send them the YouTube link. Right. Because right. that that elevates it as well. You know, it's weird. Like like I've been in a band with these guys for almost forty years. Almost forty years. In thirty seven, it's been thirty seven years. Wow. Some nights we just fucking like lock, and mm. other nights like everybody's just kind of doing their thing, and it's just kind of like you know we're we're having a good time, but whatever. That night, there was such a sense of one on stage between the four of us, you know, that, that it was yeah. like, it was, I can't explain it, man. It was like this, it was meant to be. Yeah. Going back to that faith thing. You know, um, I was so proud to share the stage with those three other guys and, I, and just nothing but love from me to them and them to me. And like, we just did something. I mean, granted, Baz did all the hard work, you know. <laughs> You know, but we just, we just pulled something off, and and it was just fucking amazing. Yeah, and you can see like you can see him in Mike's face just how much he's he's into it as well. Like every time there was that stop, and you've got the orchestra just doing their thing, and he's throwing his hand out to be like, "Look at the orchestra!" And he's just like, he can't believe that it's happening. And you know, it is it's insane. Like, here's a little bit of trivia on that. I hardly did any roles in that song that like hardly any okay. because, because I was so nervous. I got really tight and I didn't want to drop a drumstick because we had one shot and one shot only to record it. Mm. Didn't want to drop a drumstick <laughs> because when I'm tight and if I do a roll, that's where I drop a drumstick. It's like, I'll hit my hands together or something, you know? So I purposely skip rolls. Right. It's, I mean, it, it, it sounds incredible just standout moments of the song that just like every time i watch the video when i get to that bit i'm just like here it comes and then it happens yeah um you know so so good and it, i think we actually played it better on that than we did when, when we recorded it i prefer the, the the live version well when we recorded it we, we learned it like a day or two beforehand we learned it i think there's 32 different parts i i forget the number but i think it's 32 and we learned it as like 32 separate songs or whatever the number is. Like, and we tied one to two and then one to two to three, then one to two to three to four, you know, and just yes. together. Um, so we had, since we had just learned it that I wasn't comfortable with playing it. So there's some fluctuations and there's some shit that I, I could have, I do differently now, you know, whatever. So now fast forward 20 years and we've played it probably 40 times that, um, that it's, it's come into its own finally. Mm. Yeah. And it feels like adding the orchestra is a nice little something to give to the fans as well, because the fans have been listening to it since, since 1996, whenever it was that when it came. 99. 99. So they've been listening to it for that long. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, we're going to do this version of it with an orchestra. Never seen well, it done before. Yeah. We've always wanted, like when we do something, we've always wanted to do something like if we're going to do it, let's do it big. Mm. You know, if we're going to do it, let's, let's not just, 
let's do something special with whatever it is, you know, like the book or the fucking backstage passport or, or whatever it may be. If it's not just a standard record, if we're doing something, you know, we got to make it unique. Yep. We've always had that mindset. You definitely did that. You know, you definitely did that. Well, thank you very much. You mentioned the backstage passport and there was something in that, that I wanted to ask you about, which always makes me laugh. And that was um, the whole part about, people not recognizing you in airports it wasn't just airports it was at our own shows it was (laughs) it was at hotels like if if fans were in the lobby because we i was always just the guy behind the drums you know (laughs) that fucking backfired on me big so now everybody so now everyone comes over i like my my anonymity i liked it you know (laughs) i'm not like looking for accolades i just wanted to find i'm just some dude (laughs) yeah Everyone in NoFX has got a very definite personality. Each one's very different, which there's a lot of bands that aren't like that. They're all quite, they all seem to kind of gel into one person. So I find it baffled me when I watched it. I was like, how could nobody recognize you? Up until then, it was an everyday, every night occurrence to where people would go, they would see the four of us and they would hand me the camera and say, take a picture with, with me and the band. Cause I thought maybe I was just one of their friends or something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fucking funny thing. But now everyone, everyone makes a beeline for you now. Well, it, it's definitely mellowed out, but like for the first couple of years after the backstage passport, it was just like, you know, it was just yeah, like, I okay, I get it. You saw the TV show. I get it. Brilliant. Brilliant. It was pretty funny. Like, like that came out like totally organically, you know, when we, wherever Brazil or wherever the fuck we were, like, I was like, I told the guys like, go watch this. I'm just going to walk through the crowd. No one's going to, and I'm just going to go sit over here and just watch. No one's going to even notice me. And they're like, no fucking way. Like the camera guys, I'm like, watch, watch. And then it just totally fucking worked out perfect. <laughs> that is one of my favorite sections of that whole series it's fucking funny it's funny it's funny and then i watched part of the on on youtube there's part of one of the deleted scenes and it's where you and you and melvin go to a church in italy i think and el jefe gets lost crossing the street oh that was in mexico mexico yeah (laughs) he literally got lost like we said hey we're gonna go over there and he was in mcdonald's or something like that (laughs) literally got lost and we were across the street yeah <laughs> Pepe, as, as fucking talented as he is sometimes it just baffles me that he even knows how to put his shoes on <laughs> i mean you saw it like in backstage passport like you know you know we what was it the one where he was off getting chicken when it was showtime or something oh, yeah. like that? another time in korea like he was walking to the venue but he walked like the wrong, the wrong way. way and we're like we're on stage <laughs> what the fuck is he and that kind of encapsulates everything that you say towards the end of the book it's like you you know you wouldn't you wouldn't want it to be a super professional outfit where everyone was you know straight on the money knew what they were doing knew where they were going there was because i guess in some respects it'd get boring well i'll tell you this sometimes i wish it was boring but every fucking day there is some sort of shenanigans to where it's either like what 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 are you talking about you know or or just something i mean all the way down to like melvin is still playing the same guitar head that he's had for like fucking 900 years and it breaks down consistently on stage you know and like mel 
you can afford a new guitar head where it, we're not going to be fucking sitting here for 20 minutes trying while you hit it, you know? And it's just like, we're so unprofessional. We we're such like, just, it's almost like you see, do you ever see that movie, the bad news bears? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're just a bunch of fucking hoodlums that fell into something. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not supposed to be, it's not, we're not supposed to be where we're at. But I think for me, that's what I've always liked. The fact that it, it is like a, you know, like you say, you're just a normal guy. And that's what I've always liked. I've never, you know, before I got into NoFX, uh, I was in, you know, in uh, all the other bands that I got into, I was listening to Guns N' Roses and Pantera and Megadeth. And Those are three fucking good bands. Guns yeah. N' Roses, one great record. Appetite is phenomenal. Yeah. Pantera, even though the singer's fucking as smart as a goddamn cucumber, Fuck, they, they write some fucking like vulgar display of power is a phenomenal yeah. record and megadeth is one of my guilty pleasures it was i was into them very briefly it was the album that had sweating bullets on yeah so. yeah yeah that's good yeah i think it was just because that was in the charts and it was just so bizarre because he just talked you know the hello well, it's I, I, me I, I, again I, <laughs> yeah i like heavier riff, riffy music like heavy you know mm. so like megadeth is that pantera is that guns and roses is that you know i don't really like melod i mean i do but i mean like real sing-songy happy 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 yeah, yeah. No, i want shit to make me get fucking pissed off i like limp biscuit yeah i'm gonna fucking tell you i like limp biscuit. <laughs> do you want me to cut that bit out <laughs> no keep that in I'm fucking a proud fred durst fan <laughs> Uh, I did buy I did buy the the hot dog uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. I did buy that when I was when I was younger. Um, Dude, that drummer's fucking good. Well, you see, I guess that's probably what it is. You you listen for the drums. I guess I you like a you like a an aggressive drum. I you know. yeah, I listen I listen for the song structures and the aggression. I don't really listen to vocal melody. See, I I like songs that have a lot of emotion in the lyrics, but then they're also very you know yeah because you're kind of a depressed guy yeah pretty much exactly in touch with the inner with the inner sad you yeah i want to scream into a pillow yeah i'm not alone see gerard (laughs) gerard says that i'm not alone see i was into my chemical romance briefly but now i'm I'm, is that is is his name jared gerard gerard Gerard. people i think it's gerard no your name's jared yeah my name's eric eric See, I always thought that about the dude from Simple Plan, Pierre. I was like, is his name actually Peter? And he just decided to call himself Pierre. Pierre. He's French-Canadian. He speaks French. He's Pierre. Right. Okay. I'll I'll go back and tell 24-year-old me to not hate him too much for (laughs) his stupid name. That's why I was always like, he's got a stupid name. But that's his actual name. It is a stupid name. (laughs) It is. Yeah. So I've got... Two more things very briefly. Okay. Firstly, did you know that if you try and share the YouTube video or something for Kill All the White Man on Facebook, it gets flagged as hate speech? Rad. Because it's got man in it, and Facebook doesn't like anything said negatively about men. What if it's like you're the woman? Women. Yeah. Women. So, yeah, I've, I've known a couple of people that have been banned from using Facebook for a couple of days because they've tried to share Kill all the white oh, that's, I, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send the link to all my friends. <laughs> it, I guess it depends if they've got their eye on you. I don't know if it's an instant thing, but like if you yeah, 
banned previously for things that might keep us strong behind it. So, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is because this is going to come out before the 19th. And on the 19th, you are live streaming. That's right. I got no info for you. I got no info for you. I don't, no, no, it's not info, but you know, you know what it is, don't you? You know that you. I know that we're playing White Trash, Two Heaps, and a Bean. Yes. Um, I know that that's all I know. I mean, literally, Mike, <laughs> Mike is so like he he thinks too much and he gets so many balls up in the air that it changes daily, you know? Right. So, so all I know is I'm showing up and I'm we're, we're practicing a couple of days beforehand, white trash. I know that there's going to be other shit involved in the show, but I don't know what. <laughs> you know, I'm the drummer. I don't want to know. I just want to show up and do my You just want to play. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's my, there's my coffee. Nice and nice and beaten up because I've had it that long. Yes, it is. We just redid that photo. Yes, I was I was impressed with because um, at first I was like, oh, that's cool, and I was like, hang on a minute, because you can't read Hebes because of Melvin's dreadlocks. Yeah. And some people even said like, God damn, why don't you take a new photo already? Like some people chimed in on that. Like you know, like, um, <laughs> we have. I think that's pretty good. That means we physically haven't changed all that much. No. No, it is. It, yeah, our FA's not got the keychain. I don't think our FA's not as tubby as he is in the, in this photo, though. No, he, he lost. He went from like two hundred pounds to one hundred and fifty pounds in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's trim. He looks good. He looks super good. trim. Super um, guy. Mm, so yeah, so the nineteenth of September. If you go onto the NoFX Instagram, Facebook, all those things, there's a link, and uh, I will be. I've not bought my ticket yet, but I, I am going to because... Fantastic, dude. I mean, I, I, I'm excited about it because we haven't played in a year, you know? Yeah. I haven't done anything in a year, and I feel like I've been in forced retirement, you know? And mm. I'm not financially or emotionally ready for that. So, <laughs> so it's nice to like actually have something on the books. Yeah, I was uh, supposed to see you at Slumdunk. Yep, yep. Um, yep. I'd actually managed to secure a photo pass. Who'd you blow to get that? Tour manager face to face. Oh, you blew him? I didn't, no. Oh, hand job. No. Well, uh, it was more of a reach around. Oh, that's okay. That's fair. As long as there's no eye contact. Yeah, that was it. So oh. I'm hoping next year, if it's actually going ahead. Well, I mean, we got stuff secured, but I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. No, but if it does, I'm hoping I can get back and I can well, actually. I hope to see you there then. Yes. Yes, so um, I think that's all I've got. So I can let you go for your your date. My lunch date. My lady gets off work early on Fridays, and nice. And yeah, we're gonna go do it, and then that's that. Excellent. I'm. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Probably go play some Xbox and go back it's on Tinder. Late, late over there. Go to sleep. It's it's only ten o'clock. Yeah, it's fucking late. <laughs> I'm a nine thirty kind of guy. No, I'm, I'm I I tend to stay up late. Anyway, thank you very much for joining me. It's my been, pleasure. Dude. It was a good time. It's been insane because, as you know, how much my of a fan it's. I never expected to get. Oh man! Someone. Well, I'm glad that I could oblige. Cool. All right, dude. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon, man. Bye bye. Bye.